0: Thank you for tuning in to RTM Nation Online, where we believe that you will receive the abundance of peace, prosperity, security, stability, health, healing, and truth. If you would like to learn more about the ministry, click the link below. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Now let's get into the message. Heavenly Father, we give you praise, we give you honor. We thank you, Lord God, for this awesome opportunity to hear your word, to hear from the Holy Spirit, Oh, we just give you thanks and we give you praise, Father God, hallelujah, because we thank you, Lord, that your word brings life to us. We thank you, Father, that it is designed to strengthen us, to transform us, give us new ideals, new attitudes, Father. We thank you, Lord God, that you are adjusting our attitudes. You're adjusting, Lord God, how we see things. Thank you, Father God, that your word will cause us to see through the eyes of faith, see through the eyes of the kingdom of God, hallelujah. And Father, help us to be blind to every other thing that competes with what the kingdom of God has ordained for our lives. And Lord God, we just give you all the praise and the honor. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Why don't you hug a couple of people, that you may take your seats. And of course, we're in our series uh, on the art of war. Thank God, hallelujah, talking about prayer. And tonight I'm going to talk about the good fight, the good fight, <laughs> the good fight, the fight that we win, the fight actually that the battle has already been won. We just have to claim the victory. So we're going Amen. to go across the Amen. hall. So See, it in never, never this ends. God has James given us wonderful space where we can create uh, we'll start an in, atmosphere. First uh, Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. And it says, and this, of course, is Paul writing to Timothy. And he says to Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. So he said, Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. He said, this faith that you're using to fight, guess what it's supposed to obtain for you? He says, you're supposed to be able to lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on eternal life. Now, he's not talking about laying hold on living forever. He's laying hold on eternal life. We find, I think that's in John chapter 63, not John 63, but John 3, chapter, verse 63. Anyway, it's in John. He tells us that eternal life is to have a life with God. Eternal life is a relationship with God. Jesus is what this is all about. So he tells him to fight the good fight of faith, and he wants all of us fighting this good fight of faith. First Timothy, let's go to chapter 1. Let's back up and go to chapter 1. We're going to look at verse 18 and read this out of the easy reading version of the Bible. He says, Timothy, you are like a son to me. What I'm telling you to do agrees with the prophecies that were told about you in the past. I want you to remember those prophecies and fight the good fight of faith. He said, fight that good fight of faith. You're my son, and I'm telling you something that's pivotal for your life. He says, agree. So as believers, we need to agree with what God has said concerning us. This is how we fight the good fight of faith. We have to continue to trust in God and what Jesus Christ has done for us, which we call the finished works. He said, but that's the only way you're gonna have a good fight. It's the only way you're going to win. The fight is that you're going to have to remember the things that were said over you, the things that were told you, the things that we're telling you concerning who you are in the kingdom of God, what Jesus Christ has done for us, and that he's completed these works for us. So then we, that's how you war. You don't war, and we talk about not warring against flesh and blood, but that's how you war a good warfare. You have to keep your mind right You have to keep your thinking right. You can't be moved or we can't be moved by what we see, feel, think, touch. We can't be moved by those things because then that's when we start losing the war. You do know that, right? That's when we start losing the battle in our own minds and defeating our own selves because of our own thought processes. Of what we think instead of thinking what God has told us to think, looking at what God has told us to do, then we we defeat ourselves through our own thoughts thinking, because we know as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, amen? So let us look at uh, 2 Timothy. Paul gave uh, Timothy a lot of good information. 2 Timothy chapter 2, we're going to look at verse 4, and we'll read this out of the Passion, translation of the Bible. And it says in verse 4, For every good soldier... Called to active duty, must divorce himself from the distractions of this world so that he may fully satisfy the one who chose him. And we all know in the book of Mark uh, about the sower sowing the word and how distractions come to steal the word that was sown in your heart. But he says you have to separate yourself from the distractions of this world so that he may fully satisfy the one who chose him. He says, an athlete who doesn't play by the rules will never receive the trophy, so remain faithful to God. So again, he's saying that you have, to, you have to play by the rules in order to win this fight. So he's telling us that I've given you weapon trees in order to win the fight. I'm telling you, you need to think a certain way in order to win the fight. He said, because if you start applying other things, you're gonna lose. No matter how smart you think you are, how witty you think you are, he says that you're going to lose this war because you're not fighting lawfully. You're not fighting according to the rules. Let's look at um, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and we're going to look at verse 25, and this is in the Passion Bible as well. Because he's talking to Timothy about, uh, he talked to Timothy about being an athlete. Then he says here, in the passion translation verse 25, a true athlete will be dis- dis- build, excuse me, a true athlete will be disciplined in every respect, practicing constant self-control in order to win a laurel wreath that quickly withers. But we run our race to win a victor's crown that will last forever. For that reason, I don't run just, just for exercise or box like one throwing aimless punches, but I train like a champion athlete. I subdue my body and get it under my control so that after preaching the good news to others, I myself won't be disqualified. So he says as an athlete, a person who is in a race, a natural race or, uh, and competing for a prize, he says he trained for it. He don't just run out there and say, you know what? I like to run. I've been running all my life. I think I'll just run one of these relays. I think I can do it because I've ran before. Why, I think I'll win. he's like, no, these people literally train. They train to, to, to win. They train, they, they condition their bodies to win because they're, the whole attitude is, I'm going to win. For some of them, they just say, I'm going to beat my, my own record, but I got to do something. I can't just go home and just eat anything I want to eat, don't get enough rest, don't drink enough water. I can just go out here because I've done it before. And I read about it. I read about it and they said, this is how you run a relay. I I talked to some people who run the relay before who won it. They told me what they did. And I was like, man, I'm just gathering up information. I got all of, I mean, I got all the rules. I know how it all works. So I'm just going to run out here and I believe I'm going to win. How many of you know it's going to be a supernatural thing that happens for you to beat someone that you read about how to do it, but you've never, ever competed? Well, see, that's the same way it is with the word of God. He said, do you think you actually are going to win a race and the only thing you do is read about it? You don't condition yourself. And it's interesting because when I think about that, when we first started uh, uh, learning about faith, it was like, you know what? I'm going to believe God for a parking space. I'm going to believe God for this. We didn't jump out there and say, yeah, I believe God for five million dollars. Okay. Okay. Oh, dokie, because I, I talked to someone once, and they said, you know, that's an echo, not a voice. And God is looking for us to talk with our own voice. See, the thing about it, uh, some things that we do and we expect from the kingdom of God is, or we expect for God to do, is we don't actually get enough root in ourselves in order to even sustain what we're asking for. Sometimes what we do is we, we look on the, the... and Oh, gosh. When, when the, in Mark 4, when he talks about the sower sowing the word, and that some of it didn't fall on such good ground, and uh, there was, uh, uh, he talked about a sower who sowed, and it was on shallow ground, and the roots couldn't go deep into the ground. So even though the top part of it was blossoming, there was not enough root system to keep it. And, and it looked good initially because it will. It'll start growing and sprouting and you'll be like, "Ooh, look at this. The one that's in deep soil that's getting deep roots, you don't see that quickly. Right, right. So sometimes we kind of see people, we like, oh, that happened for them quick. I want it to happen like that for me quick. And then you see they can't sustain. And that's because there are no deep roots. And what he's saying that when we train uh, for the war that we're in, which we are in, when you train for it, then you're gonna do some things. You're gonna read the Word of God. You're going to get with God. You're gonna you're gonna talk with the Holy Spirit. You're gonna meditate the Word of God. You gonna you're gonna stay away from people who talk doubt, unbelief, and try to try to distract you from what you're doing. You know, distractions come. How many of you have ever had distractions? You, oh, I'm going to set aside this time and I'm going to pray. Somebody got a challenge. Somebody got a problem. Somebody needs you right now. If, it, if you don't come right now, they're just going to die and perish, which they won't. But they make you think that they are. So you stop what you're doing in order to train, to get yourself strong enough even to deal with whatever's going on with them. Amen. Amen. So he's telling us. War. Uh, this warfare that he's talking about, uh, again, we all know that it's not against flesh and blood, but it has to do with what we're thinking. Right. And you don't change your thinking unless you meditate and look into the word of God. Amen. You don't change your thinking. It won't be solid just by listening to other people's testimonies. Right. Only thing that do is, well, hype you up for the moment. I mean, sometimes you could leave service and you could just be so on fire for God, you feel like you can do anything. And then you'll go out and you'll even, you'll even test the waters and you'll get some results. But next week, yeah. when that same thing happened, because you have no root, then it's not bearing any fruit. Yeah, that's right. So here again, Paul is saying that we have to get in a place where we discipline ourselves and not allow distractions. You know, you even can be your own distraction. (laughs) You know, you get ready to go pray, and then all kinds of stuff just gallivant across your mind. You know, you just, I mean, then, then you decide, well, you know what, I'll speak in tongues. And you're speaking, you don't even realize you're speaking in tongues, you're just going on and on and on. But your mind is somewhere else. And I always encourage people, don't stop. I, I normally to encourage people, when you go to pray, just take a little piece of paper with your notebook or something. So when you have that thought that wants to compete, that wants you to resolve it right now. Have you noticed it wants you to resolve whatever it is right now? And sometimes you may say, well, I, I, I can just do this. Or you take your phone with you. When you, when you, or <laughs> are, are, are you're you reading from your phone and you know how <laughs> the text messages show up and it, it, you try not to look at it, but then the first two lines just intrigue you to, now you need to see what it's saying, right? And then if it's somebody pulling you into something, now you're thinking about that and you're trying to get back to prayer. So listen, this is old, this is old. We don't want to look at it that way, but this is warfare. This is saying, okay, the world's not going to come to an end if I don't answer you right now. If I don't solve this right now, it's going to be okay. Surely, in the next 15 minutes, I mean, I can't even get across town in the next 15 minutes. You you won't perish. You'll be okay. Or you'll call somebody else. You all understand what I'm saying, but we can't. And that's why he was saying, you know, I buffet my body. I, I tell myself, I have to tell myself, it's, it's important that I get with God. It's important that I fellowship with him. It's important that I get in his presence for one summer. For our women's fellowship, that's the only thing we did. We came in the sanctuary, and we, I said, we're going to just get in the presence of God. We need to practice being in the presence of God. Got, nobody's going to say anything. Nobody's going to prompt you to do anything. We're just going to play some music. I don't even want you singing the song, because that can be a distraction. I don't want you singing the song. I just want... Don't do anything unless you're moved by God to do it. Don't do a thing. And of course, it was it was it was a little rough the first time. I was like, God, did you tell me to tell these people to do this? Because everybody just kind of, you know, they sit down like. <laughs> and it took a good <laughs> 25 minutes before people finally settled down and decided, let me really listen to what is being the songs that that were being played, and. I'm telling you, it was a wonderful 10 minutes, but it took us 25 to get <laughs> to that point because we were, were so accustomed to somebody prompting us, somebody telling us to do something, or we, we, you know, we just, we have this agenda thing that we got all set up uh, when we, what I call, meet God and want to uh, be in his presence. And so, uh, of course, the next Saturday we met, it went a little bit faster. By the time we hit the third Saturday, it was magnificent. People just, they just came in and people did all kinds of things. It wasn't a distraction to anybody. People laid on the floor, people walked, people were on the steps, people were crying, but you really didn't even pay any attention to the fact they were crying. There were people dancing in corners. It was awesome in this room. I mean, people just, they just, they knew what to do. They knew what to, they knew what, and they had a great expectation. And people left saying, man, I can't tell you how refreshed I feel. I can't tell you how, how I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just, I don't care how at peace I am. And that was because they were in the presence of God. Nobody came in to, to, with a laundry list of this is what I want God to do. This is how I, these, I need to get these things answered. I just got to hear from God today. Oh, my goodness. I just, we didn't petition him for anything. We just wanted to be in his presence. And I can tell you, that is so much more powerful. And I say it that way because have you ever been with a group of people, and maybe you had a question about something, not in particular that you wanted to ask any of them, but you just happened to be in a group of people, and someone said something to answer the question that you had about something else, and you know why you got the answer? Because you was just in the presence. You didn't come to them because you wanted an answer, but because you were standing there, you got an answer. See, that's the way it is with God. If you get in the presence of God, you don't necessarily have to be asking him for anything, but because you're in his presence, he will give you answers to things because God loves the fact that we want to spend time with him. And that's what, and when we talk about prayer, remember I read to you on Sunday, Luke chapter 18, verse 1, Jesus said, men ought always to pray. And uh, I told you prayer there meant petition and worship. Sometimes we forget about the worship part because we just want to petition him. God, let me just let you know everything that I need. Like he don't know. <laughs> he knows everything that you, you want, you desire. He know. I mean, he, he knows what's in our hearts. But he also want, he, he want to be in our hearts. And he said, can, you know, it's almost like he's saying, can we just visit a little while before you start laying out your grocery list here? Can, I mean, can we spend some time? Can we get to know each other? Can we fellowship some? And I'm telling you, God longs for our fellowship. He longs for us to get in his presence, praising him, honoring him. I mean, even when you read the word, you can begin to just thank God for what you see in the word of God. You can just, I mean, you can just read any scripture and say, God, I thank you that that's for me. And not make it happen for me, but thank you, Lord God, that you provided this for me. I thank you, Lord. You may not even have a need, but if you read in the Bible where he says he'll provide all your needs, you should start to say, well, thank you, Father. I thank you made that provision in my life that you will provide me provide for me. I thank you that that you are my safety and you're my security. It is so good. I mean, just talk to him. God, it is so good to know that you're thinking about me. I thank you, Lord God, that you're concerned about everything that concerneth me. Father, I thank you so much that you've given me all the weapons and tools I need to fight a good warfare. I thank you, Lord God, that you said that if I look in your Word, that you would transform my thinking. So I'm going to get in your Word, Father. I thank you right now that my mind is being transformed. It's being renewed. Father, I thank you that your word has so much power that it's causing a change in my life. I thank you it's causing me to look at things totally different. This is wonderful, Lord God. See, God loves that kind of talk. And don't be talking at him. It's not a formula. I mean, from the sincerity of your heart, begin to look at the word of God. Understand that he is talking to you, so you need to talk back. When you read the word of God, I'm talking to you. Now you need to respond to him talking to you, not merely memorizing something, not trying to get a formula for something, not trying to make God do anything, because guess what? We don't have to make God do anything because he's already promised us everything. So it's not a matter of getting in his presence to make him do anything. It's getting in his presence so we can have a conversation with you, God. So some people are like, well, how do I develop a relationship with God? Look at the word as if he's talking to you. And then talk back to him. God, you know what? I don't really get that. I don't quite understand that. Could you show me how that works, Father? That is how. And all the time what is happening is this uh, transformation of your mind. You begin to think differently. See things differently. Start to see things his way. Because how many of you know when you get around, when friends are together, they start acting alike. I know you. I know your friends because they they do the same thing. They like the same thing. They go to the same places. They see that's the whole idea of getting with God. So you'll begin to like what God likes. You'll begin to be moved by what God is moved by, and then you'll begin not to be moved by things God is not moved by. God's like, huh? he said, Jesus is not moved by that. I hang out with him. He my buddy. This 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 is what we do. Glory to God. So, so in getting the word of God, he's telling us that, you know, we discipline ourselves. We, we make, not make room for God. That is so bad to think we make room for God. You know that's sad? That the one who created everything gives us air to breathe? That we make room for someone who actually sustains our life. That if without him we... I mean, if he cut off the air... Or gave it out in intervals. It's like, hey, you get to breathe five minutes. Stop. You get to breathe five minutes. Stop. You get two minutes. You get three minutes. You get four minutes, and then we, just, all, we all of us in here going. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> you all understand what? What if he? But that's what I'm saying. It's sad that we we even talk about the fact that the one who sustains life, the one who created. Everything that we see and everything that we don't see, that we decide that we need to make time for the one who sustains life for us. Isn't that amazing how we think as people, as if we living on our own and we're not? That it's it's him (laughs) that's that's holding everything together. Otherwise, we float off the earth. But it's him that's holding everything together. Yet. We say, let me see if I can make time with the person that if I don't have him in my... I mean, this is, a, this is for Christians and non-Christians. But I'm just saying, let me make time for the one that if, if he cut off everything, I'm just going to die and perish. Let me see if I can make a little bit of time for him. It seems a little crazy, don't it, when you think about it like that. Hallelujah. <laughs> but again... He's talking about disciplining ourselves like an athlete. That just means that um, we're not haphazard in what we do because nothing just happens. And we don't develop a relationship with anyone by osmosis. You have to spend time. And so prayerfully tonight, I'm helping you to know how to spend time with God. And you know, it just seems easy this way to me you read the word he's talking to you just talk back just talk back just start that way just talk back and then just begin to be grateful for everything that he's provided for us everything that he's done for us hallelujah and see our minds being transformed let's look at 2nd corinthians chapter ten. Second corinthians chapter 10 second corinthians chapter 10 and uh, we're going to start at verse 3. And let us look at this in the uh, King James. And it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. He says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. He's talking about grace empowering us to pull down strongholds, that that strongholds in our minds, strongholds that keep us from thinking clearly uh, concerning what God has said about us. So he's talking about strongholds that keep us from receiving the word of God. He says uh, again here. Uh, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. He says, casting down imaginations. He's talking about our thoughts. Casting down imaginations, those things that we we think that we need to uh, have a new thought, a new pattern of thinking. That's what it says in Romans chapter 12. He said, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So again, he's talking about empowering us by grace with the gospel, the good news, the truth about who Jesus is. Uh, that it dismantles strongholds in our minds. He said, learning the truth about who Jesus is, why Jesus came, that it will change the way you think and how you receive things. It demolishes arguments and opinions, arguments and opinions. You know, we have opinions about a lot of stuff. When we come into the body of Christ, we got opinions uh, based upon our, our family, we have opinions based upon our friends, we got opinions based upon movies, and everything that we've received before we come. So we got all these opinions. And he said, most of these opinions don't line up with my opinion of things, the way I see things the way I know things are supposed to work and how they're supposed to be operate. So he says that uh, we have to cast down those imaginations. How do you cast them down? You have to cast them down through the Word of God. You just can't say, I'm not going to think that no more. I'm not going to think that anymore. I'm not going to think that anymore. How many of you ever tried that and you keep thinking it anyway? <laughs> I'm, not gonna, I'm just not, not going to think that anymore. Thing of it is, is you've got to replace it with what you are going to think. So what are you going to think? I'm not going to think that, but what are you going to think? Right. Oh, I have a problem with this person. Oh, I, I just, okay, I got I to gotta forgive him. I got to forgive him. I got to pro- So what are you going to think when you see them? If what you think is, I can't stand you, I wish you worked on the other side of the room. I remember what you did to me. Then you can't just say, I'm not going to think that anymore. You're going to have to decide what you are going to think. See, that's the problem with people when you talk about change. People like to say, I'm going to change. But they never go another step and say what you're going to do to change. Right. I'm not I'm just I'm just I'm not gonna yell at my kids anymore. When they leave their toys all the room, I'm gonna be calm, I'm gonna speak to them peaceably, I'm gonna be calm. Okay, so when you see the, the thing the toys on the floor, what are you gonna say? You gotta think that far. You can't think you can't you can't just say I'm not. You gotta also replace it with the I'm going to do. That's when change takes place. Because if you try to do it on the fly. <laughs> and the, and then, then the problem is, and say comes in with condemnation. Thought you said you weren't going to do that anymore. And now you're trying to figure out how to apologize without really apologizing. How many of you ever been in that place? I was wrong, and I, need, I know I need to admit that I'm wrong, but I don't want it to sound like I'm wrong, But then I want them to understand that I'm admitted that I'm wrong. How many of you ever been in a place where you just all around the mulberry bush won't say I was wrong? Now, I can't tell them I was wrong, but they'll get a hint. (laughs) Oh, we some crafty people, aren't we, in the body? I'm so not crafty. We are some uh, Creative. creative. That's good. We are some creative people in the body of Christ. (laughs) <laughs> he said we demolish arguments and opinions and theories and philosophies. See, we come in the body of Christ with theories, philosophies, opinions. That's why when people ask us something, we say, well, what I think. They come to you because they want a word from God. And you say, what I think. You need to stop right there and say, hold it. Or if I were you, hold it. Hold <laughs> it wait one minute okay are we we, you gonna get with me on god concerning yes theories philosophies and we're supposed to take captive every thought to insist every thought insist that it become obedient to the mind of christ insist that it come obedient to the mind of christ what does God think? Because, you know, the Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. Yes. That means that we have to tap into our spiritual side and not into our natural side. That's right. But we have to insist that it obeys the mind of Christ. What does Jesus think about this thought? I don't know about you. Uh, you know, I have pictures in my mind. You almost have to isolate that, that thought just in, in my mind. I put it over here, and I'm going to punish you by telling you what God said. I know that sounds crazy to y'all, but, no, but I'm, I'm going to punish you by telling you what God said. This, the opinion comes of this, but I look at the opinion, and I say, well, you know, God doesn't think that way. This is what Jesus actually thinks. Jesus thinks this, 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 and I agree with Jesus. I don't care what you say. That's how Deborah Poe handles it because I have to insist that it obeys the mind of Christ, causing me to have different thoughts concerning it. And sometimes I say it out loud because how many of you know you can't fight battles in your mind? You really can't. Because it's what you say that causes faith. It's hearing what causes faith to come to you. So you can't just be in your mind, I'm just gonna have this battle in my mind. Yeah, we know it's your thoughts, but you have to do something with the thoughts that are coming in your mind. And for me, it's, for the most part, it's best to vocalize it. To let the enemy know, no, this is what I, this is what I think. This is what I believe. Amen. Amen. But he says to take captive every thought and insist that it become obedient to the mind of Christ. And we're supposed to stand ready and willing to wage war and defeat the enemy. We have to be willing to wage war. Willing to wage war. Because sometimes we just let those thoughts just float around in our mind. And, um, you know, they, they begin to take Strongholds in that type, in that way. Uh, again, warfare is in our mind. It's what we think. Uh, we have to listen, this is good. We have to have a good opinion of God. We have to develop a good opinion of God. You know, that's, that's really uh, what repentance is all about. Repentance means I change my mind concerning something and have a better opinion about God concerning something. Uh, again, we have to spend time worshiping him. We have to t- spend time thanking him and praising him, uh, thanking him for the things that he's already done, even though you may not necessarily need that thing right now, but just begin to worship him and praise him. Like I said, the best way to commune with God is to read the word of God and just talk back to him. There was, um, well, we'll just read it in John chapter 6 and verse 28. John chapter 6 and verse 28. Let's look at it in the Amplified um, because a lot of times we want to know what the works of God is. And, um, and this question was asked to Jesus because, you know, we, we all want to be doing what we believe that God wants us to do. And it's really interesting because the very thing God wants, we kind of sometimes avoid that trying to do works and do other things concerning, uh, concerning him. Uh, John chapter 6 and verse 28, it says, they then said, what are we to do that we may habitually be working the works of God? What are we to do to carry out what God requires? Jesus replied, this is the work service that God asks of you that you believe in the one whom he has sent that you cleave to, trust, rely on and have faith in his messenger. He said, that's that's really what God wants from us. He wants a relationship. He says, I want you to believe in the one that I sent. I want you to trust him. I want you to rely on him. I want you to depend on Jesus. That's what I want you to do. So all these things that we're talking about when we're talking about warring a good war, Jesus is the one who's already won the victory for us already. And we have to learn how to receive that. Well, we're not going to receive that or trust that unless we build a relationship with him. We're not going to war a good warfare unless we do it lawfully, unless we do it the way God says, we, we will have the victory in it. And when we talk about having the victory, isn't that amazing? The victory means you receive what's already been done. It's not a victory that you have to go out and actually win. It's a victory that you have to receive. And the only way we receive it is not just because we heard it, but because we believe it. And how do we start believing? How do you trust anybody? How do you go about trusting anybody? You spend time with them to see if they're trustworthy. Am I correct? Yes. I mean, when you first meet a person, you, you would be like, oh, man, I totally trust you. I've never met you before in my life, but you know what? I totally trust you. Here's a key to my car. <laughs> key to my house. Here's my checkbook. I'm going to leave all my babies with you. And everybody else would think you were out of your mind too, wouldn't they? (laughs) If that's something you did. But you would observe them, right? You would talk with them. You would look at how they interact with other people. Conversation. And then you – what happens when you start having conversations and you start feeling comfortable with people? Then you start sharing a little bit more. And then when you get really comfortable, and they become a very good friend, then you'll start telling them intimate things. You'll even start telling them about your insecurities. You'll tell them where you need help. You'll ask them to assist you with things. Am I correct? Well, that's the way Jesus wants it to be. That's the way God wants it to be. He said, if you would just commune with me, communing means spend time with me. He said, that's when it starts to happen. That's when you get excited concerning me. Not because I did something for you necessarily. How many of you have friends and when you see them, you get excited? You get excited because it's like, oh, here's my friend. This is great because we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna spend some time together. And I enjoy being around my friends. I, I, I observe people all the time. I observe married couples all the time. I always have. And uh, when I, it's always really good when I see uh, like one spouse is approaching the other one and a smile automatically come on their face and nothing is, they hadn't said a word. But they'll start smiling. You know what? They'll start smiling and I don't think they even know that they are. And it's not because I hadn't seen you in a long time, but we have a relationship and not based upon anything that you have just done, but just because of our relationship, I have good feelings towards you. I have good thoughts towards you. So when I see you, I automatically smile. And I and you know now don't all y'all start grinning at each other like Pastor Deborah see us. <laughs> You say, you didn't you did smile at me, Pastor devil pass. You didn't smile at me. You better smile more. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> I'm not talking about doing all. See, what did I tell y'all, Sunday Please don't fake it because you won't make it. <laughs> and so that's the, way, that's the way God wants a relationship. When you think about him, you have good thoughts. When you think about him, you just think about how good God is. Even if you're in, even if you're in a challenging situation and you start thinking about God, then it, 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 it caused your heart to skip a beat, let me put it that way, y'all. Like, oh, what does that mean? But you all understand what I'm saying. It's like, man, I just need to get with God. Not, man, I just need to get with God because Jesus is this. Hard. But... <laughs> And there are times when there are desperate times, but you all on a whole. On a that's really what God wants from us. I'm telling you. That's, and that's the very reason he said in the Bible, he said uh, in the book of Matthew, he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. He said, and all this other stuff, he said, it's going to be added unto you. But if you, if you seek me, if you and, and also he talks about in uh, John chapter fifteen, he said if you stay vitally connected to me. When he talks about the vine and the branches, he said if you stay vitally connected to me. He says, you know, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you life, if you'll stay vitally connected to me. If you'll realize how important the relationship is, not just to get you out of trouble, I will get you out of trouble. He said, but if you'll just Realize how vital the relationship is and the uh, weight that I put on it. Not weight in the fact that I'm not gonna do something for you, but how much I long for you. How much I long to to have conversation with you. How much I long for you to uh, come to know me how much I I long for you to talk to talk to me and you know everybody like compliments God too and so it doesn't become um, in our prayers it doesn't become a woke memory and we're just throwing out names and throwing out stuff but when we say uh, you are El Shaddai you're more than enough that we think about yeah you are El Shaddai you are more than enough. You are El Elion. Yeah, you are the most high God. There, there's no God higher than you. There's no one greater than you. No one's bigger than you. God, what, who could, what, what can come against you? Nothing can come against you. Sometimes I even tell, say, you're not bigger than God. You're not greater than God. Are you kidding me? but that's that's what he wants that's what he longs for so that he can grant you that peace that surpasses all understanding because you know that God loves you so much and sometimes we want to make it deeper than that but it actually is not sometimes we want 40 steps I don't have 40 steps Um, it's too complicated for me and I just made a decision or I decided within myself I said God you just can't be that hard you can't desire a relationship with people and then you put up roadblocks to keep us from being able to have a relationship with you I just don't think God put us in a maze that we got born again and he says see see if you can get through this maze to get to me (laughs) that can't be what it is. It cannot be because that's not love at all. Especially when he says it's unconditional. If it's unconditional then he won't put up roadblocks. He just won't. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just give you praise and honor. We thank you Lord God for this opportunity to have spent with the Holy Spirit and your word. We thank you Lord God that as we leave this place that uh, we will meditate on the things that you have shared with us From your heart your desire thank you Lord God that um, we will think about these things and that we'll test them out to see if it's so I thank you Lord God that you will meet us at our place of desire I thank you Lord God the desire will increase more and more (laughs) And that we will seek you like we've never sought you before to be in your presence, to have a relationship with you, to enjoy you. Hallelujah. As you enjoy us. I thank you, Lord God, that you said that we are your delight. We're the apples of your eye. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mm, Such a good, good God. And I thank you, Lord God, that we will live the rest of our days seeing just how good you are. And Father, we just give you all the praise and the honor in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you. If you would like to help us further expand the vision, simply text the word GIVERTM to the number 41444 or visit us online at www.revealingtruth.org. Now remember, Jesus loves you.